Hey guys, Ryan here with My Fish in Cape Cod, and thank you as always for listening in. I really appreciate it. So the 2021 season is just about here. I'm sure you're just as excited as I am to get back out and do some fishing. So with that in mind, we are going to start publishing more often here on iTunes, over on Google Play, and at all the other podcast directories. And that's really something that we just started doing within the last year. Prior to 2020, all of our podcasts were available on MyFishingCapeCod.com. And they still are available on MyFishingCapeCod.com. And quite a few of our podcasts available for members of MyFishingCapeCod.com. And the membership support is really what's allowed us to do this podcast over the last several years. And it's what's going to continue to allow us to produce these shows and give you the fishing reports and the interviews that quite a few of you are enjoying, which really makes me happy to see. So my plan is to publish our podcast first on myfishingcapecod.com, especially our fishing report podcasts. Those will go live on the website for supporting members of the website to enjoy first. And then after a week or two, I'll probably publish them here on iTunes and the other directories for the general public to enjoy. I've been thinking a lot over the last few weeks about the best way of doing this, and I think this plan is pretty fair. So as a thank you to the people who support MyFishingCapeCod.com, they'll get access to the podcast first, and then for everybody else, they'll get access to the podcast after one to two weeks. So it's still got to be great for everybody, but just a little extra bonus there for the people who take that extra step to support us over on MyFishingCapeCod.com. So today's show is the first fishing report of the season, and you'll hear from myself, you'll hear from my Fishing Cape Cod member, Bruno Demir, and you'll hear from Danny Jones of the Goose Hummock Shop down in Orleans. This podcast was recorded on March 25th and was published on MyFishingCapeCod.com for members to listen to on March 26th. So, let's dive in. Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast here from MyFishingCapeCod.com. I'm your host, Kevin Collins, back with you for the 2021 season of the MFCC podcast. And it's been about five months since we've last had a podcast on the air here, at least in terms of our weekly fishing report. So it is a tremendous pleasure to be back on with you and back on the MFCC airwaves. We've got a great show in store for you today. We're going to be led off by MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, as always, in just a few moments. I know he's waiting on the phone. We're then going to be joined by Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. And last but not least, we're going to welcome in a brand new podcast guest for 2021. And that is none other than our buddy Danny Jones from down at the Goose Hummock in Orleans. So can't wait to chat with Danny and pick his brain, especially on a little bit of freshwater fishing. So let's get right into the content on today's program. Well, our first guest on the 2021 season of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is none other than MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins himself. Ryan, how are you today? 
I'm doing pretty well, Kevin. Beautiful 58-degree day today. So nice day to be outside. And how are you doing? Doing well. I think it's been about, you know, five months or so, give or take, since we've done one of these. So I'm just really happy to be back on the air with you. Yeah, it's great to be back on the air. Things are really starting to heat up on the website, on social media. People are getting excited about spring fishing. So it's go time right now. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about at first, Ryan, is just kind of a general MFCC update on kind of where we stand on things through the winter and what you're expecting, maybe new or exciting, or if you don't want to give it all away, that's fine too. You can tease us a little bit, but what you're kind of looking forward to in 2021. Well, 2020 was a great year, you know, despite all the challenges that society had in general. I think a lot of people turned to fishing, and I definitely saw that on the website, lots of new signups, lots of people saying that they hadn't gone fishing for years and they've got to get back into it. And I see more of that happening for this year, too. I'm hearing from a lot of people who are already planning trips to Cape Cod for the summer, uh, people who are coming down to freshwater fish, all the uh, ponds have been stocked with trout. We can talk about that in a little bit. So as far as uh, the status of MSCC goes, it keeps growing, Kevin, and I'm, I'm really just beside myself. It's now been 11 years of doing this, and everything's still happening, and it's still getting bigger and better. I'm meeting more people. We have a lot of people signing up. It's really just um, a dream come true for me, and I can't thank all the listeners and the members for helping make that dream come true because, again, without the membership support, absolutely none of this would be possible. That is for sure. So as far as things that are new, um, I'd love to keep these podcasts going. Maybe we'll do another one two weeks from now because I don't think there's got to be a heck of a lot of difference between right now and, you know, Next week, we're kind of just waiting for things to, to kick off here. But then once the saltwater season gets going, I'd like to return to a weekly podcast to keep everybody updated. The TV show has been great. We've got two more episodes. It's got to be Giant Tuna Fishing Part 2 for this weekend. And then next weekend, I won't give it away, but we have one more episode on April 3rd. And the show's been great, and that's really where most of my computer time has been recently is editing the show so i'm looking forward to being done with the show and starting to actually go fishing again and right now i'm actually out taking a few casts at a local pond by my house which feels really good so i'm looking forward to getting out from behind the computer and actually going fishing a lot more often once the month of april gets going so I know you dabble this time of year in the spring, Ryan, before the salt water really heats up. I know you get into the freshwater game, as you just alluded to. You're taking a few casts as we speak. I know you targeted yellow perch. I know you know you want to talk about trout a little bit. So get into the, the freshwater stuff. Well, right now I'm just casting a spinnerbait around for largemouth bass, and I just got snagged on a log. So I took my shoes off, rolled my jeans up, went for a little wade into the pond here and I got my spinnerbait back so that's always good but the water is uh, still a little nippy you know the bass are entering a pre-spawn uh, pattern right now and I'm not a largemouth bass expert by any means but so far today I've seen a couple fish I haven't caught them yet but I've seen them holding around submerged timber near the shoreline so maybe later after I'm done with this call I'll, I'll hook a few 
But you mentioned yellow perch, and about a week and a half ago, I got an invite from MFCC member Jeff Coates, who I've been friendly with for a long time. I know you know Jeff. And I went out on his little John boat after yellow perch, and I wrote up a whole blog post about it. So if you're looking for the details, you can check that out. But yellow perch fishing was a lot of fun. They travel around in schools, and if you can get on a school, and if they're biting, it can be pretty fast action. And we use a technique that is probably, I'd have to say, the go-to technique, especially this time of the year. Live shiners with a little weight. You use a 5 16th ounce weight to get it down to the bottom. So the weight is on the bottom. The shiner is about 12 inches up from the weight. And we would just drift and just slowly lift the rig off the bottom, let it go back down to the bottom, slowly lift it up, let it go back down. And we cleaned up on the yellow perch. I brought home 11 of them. They're absolutely delicious eating. It is kind of interesting. They have little worms in them, or at least the ones that I caught did. Nothing that can't be taken care of with a little thing of tweezers or a knife. But it's just very interesting. I guess the worms enter them through the comorants. So the comorants are feeding in the pond. I think the comorants might... Um, you know, defecate in the pond or something like that. And these worms, which are not damaging, I don't think, to the fish. Um, but it's always interesting when you open up a fish and you see these worms. I know cod and haddock have the same same issue, but you pluck them out and you're good to go. And they were very uh, delicious fish to, to eat, that's for sure. And they're very colorful fish. And on Cape Cod and in southeastern Massachusetts, they get quite large, much bigger than than average, that's for sure. So the, there's lots of lakes and ponds throughout the Cape that have yellow perch. They're native, unlike the largemouth bass, which I believe somehow got into the ponds around here during the 1800s. And unlike the trout, which are, of course, stocked, the yellow perch have been in the Cape's ponds for centuries and centuries. So it's an option right now if you're looking to do something different, maybe target yellow perch, bring a couple home, and have a nice fish dinner. Ryan, I know you also wanted to talk very briefly. We'll touch on holdover stripers. It's another activity you can do to kind of bide your time until the saltwater fishing heats up. I know that's something you and I have done all the way, dating back to when we were really little kids, going back in inlets and estuaries, kind of searching for holdovers. Have you done any of that or heard of any folks having some success this spring doing that? Yes, I have heard from several my fishing Cape Codders who have already caught stripers, you know, mostly or definitely holdover fish. We still have probably one month, I would say, until we get a school or two of fresh migratory fish coming up from the south. Last year, there were quite a few guys on the website who scored some really nice fresh fish that were coming up from the south during late April, and that was in Buzzards Bay. That's where the first fish were caught last year. But like you said, while you're waiting for the migration to hit this area, you could try the estuaries. And I think there's a lot more estuaries on Cape that have holdovers than people think. And like I've always said, I target places that are usually about a mile up from where the estuary opens into the ocean. Mm. So I'm not fishing the inlets. I'm fishing way back in the estuaries. And like I said, I, I think a lot of the estuaries actually do have fish. 
And if you have access to a kayak or a boat, that's probably the easiest way of finding the spots in the estuary that, that do have fish. It is a challenge hiking through the marshes and, and through the muck. And I will say that low tide has always been easier for me because it's just less water in the estuary. So if they are in there, they'll be more concentrated in the deeper holes. And I've heard people say that they like, you know, bright sunny days for fishing for holdovers because they think it warms everything up. And I think there's some truth to that. But even with the holdovers, I've always done better at night or really early in the morning. You know, it seems like just stripers in general, that's, that's the time to go. And it holds true for the holdovers as well. But once I get this last episode edited and complete, I will probably give it a try during April. The good thing about holdover fishing during April is that they're waking up from their comatose state. So if you go there in January or February, they're not moving much. They're pretty much just motionless sitting in a hole somewhere in the estuary. Whereas during April, I've actually come across mini topwater feeds where the fish are moving around. And finally, once it really starts to warm up towards the end of the month, they'll leave the estuary altogether and run along the beaches that are nearby the estuary. So it's just something to keep in mind. I do think if you want to go after holdover stripers, April is probably the easiest month to get them to bite. Let's have a quick little discussion, Ryan, on the canal since we're talking about striped bass, and I know so many of the members and listeners are so very passionate about the striped bass fishery here on Cape Cod. Let's talk a little bit about springtime fishing, the canal, and kind of what to look for, and I know you wanted to touch on the big ditch. Interesting you mentioned that, Kevin, because I got a video sent to me two weeks ago of a holdover striper that was sitting in the Borndale herring run, which is pretty interesting he was actually in the herring run just sitting there and i've heard that this fish or a friend of this fish was doing the same thing last year so i don't know if it's the same fish coming back and just kind of living in the herring run but i thought that was kind of interesting i have heard from um bull who used to work at red top sporting goods he used to catch stripers in the canal late april mid-April I've heard of him uh, catching a few so I don't know those must have been holdover fish that I guess maybe were holding in like Barnstable Harbor or Scorton or Sandwich or, or some creek maybe in Buzzards Bay you know the, the rivers in Wareham and maybe they left those estuaries during mid to late April and, and started feeding in the canal because I have heard mixed reports of people catching stripers here and there in the canal during April before the migration actually hits the Cape. So if you really cannot wait to, to wet a line, maybe give the canal a try mid to late April because there could be a chance that you hit one of those rare schools of holdovers that I am hearing rumors about over the past few years. Aside from that, uh, May is really you know the time that the canal will get going. And Mother's Day is usually a better bet for better-sized fish. Mm -hmm. But the herring would be showing up very soon. I haven't heard ospreys yet, but once I do, I usually go down to the Borndale Run and I see herring. Last year I saw them April 9th is when I saw them in the Borndale Run. And they may have been there earlier, but I saw them on April 9th. 
And I haven't heard the Ospreys yet, but once I do, I'll be down there giving it a look. Aside from waiting on the stripers in the canal, if you're chomping at the bit, I think maybe giving mackerel a try could be worth an effort, going down to the Scusset Jetty late April, early May, and, and casting from uh, the jetty there. And winter flounder, I've never done it, but maybe go over to the Sandwich Marina, throw a sea worm or a piece of clam on the bottom towards low tide where the marina opens up into the canal, and maybe you have a chance at a winter flounder. So that's just, uh, some, that's just me brainstorming. These are all kind of reach ideas right now, but mm. if you're searching for something to do, it, it could be worth a try. And the last thing I wanted to uh, just kind of talk with you about, Ryan, was your winter trip to Costa Rica. Yes, we did go to Costa Rica, and normally we go to a place called Playa Zancudo, which is on the southwest side of the country, Pacific coast, right along the Golfo Dolce. This year we went across the Golfo Dolce to a place called Cabo Matapalo, which is right on the Osa Peninsula. And it's an amazing place. It's one little dirt road, probably similar to what Cape Cod was like 200 or so years ago. So many animals everywhere. We saw sloths, monkeys every day. And the fishing, of course, was, I mean, it's a great place to be for fishing. It really is. Uh, the surf casting at Cabo Montepalo was a little challenging because it was all rocky, as opposed to Zancudo, which is nice and sandy. But the gentleman who owns the place where we stayed, we stayed at a little Airbnb. Actually, he's not even on Airbnb, but he owns a little house called Toucan Terra. And his name is Van, and he has a little boat out in front of the place and i was able to go out and catch some yellowfin tuna with him caught some snappers caught some jacks no big roosters this time i didn't get a chance to really blog about it because i was editing pretty much all my my computer energy during that time was being poured into the tv show and editing for the tv show Mm. so i chose not to really focus on blogging about this Costa Rica trip, but we did go, and if anybody is interested in going to Costa Rica next year or the year after, check out Toucan Terra on Cabo Matapalo. It's a wonderful place. All right, Ryan, I'm going to let you get back to fishing. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your little journey today to check in with us and look forward to the next visit we have on the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. Sounds good, Kevin. I'll talk to you in probably two weeks. Many thanks to MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. We're going to turn our attention now to guest number two on today's podcast, and that is none other than our good buddy Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands, Mitsubishi. Bruno, how are you today? What's going on, Kevin? Hello, MFCC. I'm just starting to thaw out and get the icicles off my nose hairs and and, uh, looking forward to another season. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you before we get into the fishing real quick, Bruno, how your winter was, how things were down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi as we head into the spring. Yeah, we had a phenomenal finish and a strong start this year. Winter was great. We got to do a lot of skiing and, uh, you know, spend some time with the family next to the fireplace. So the first thing I wanted to get into today, Bruno, is river herring, something you and I haven't talked a ton about in all our time doing the podcast together, but 
Rumor has it they've probably already started trickling into Cape Cod streams and rivers. I know that you're always keeping an eye out for these river herring from talking yeah, to you absolutely. from time to time. Tell us a little bit about what you're looking for and what you've seen so far. Yeah, you know, uh, so I live in Brewster, and, you know, obviously I work in Yarmouth. So every morning I drive through uh, Stony Brook uh, Mill uh, to get to work. And every year as I, as I start getting closer and closer to the mill, I cross my fingers and say a little Hail Mary, hoping that I'm going to see seagulls. And for me, the season starts every year as I'm, uh, as, I'm, as I'm heading into work in the morning. As soon as I take that turn and get to Stony Brook Mill, if I see four or 500 seagulls all piled up swimming around and, and, and flying around, I know the Heron Run has reached mid-cape. And once they hit mid-cape, it's pretty much the season's on. That's that's when I know it's time to uh, get out there and start having some fun. Bruno, I'm guessing you haven't seen that quite yet so far in March. Like, do you have a, a ballpark idea of when that usually happens, when you really start to see the signs of the herring moving in thick? I've noticed it's usually based on water temperature more than anything. Yep. Um, I know that... Uh, the south side right now is still at 40 degrees, so that's still kind of cold. Um, if I remember right, you know, around 48, 50 is 50 degrees. There, that's when I usually, I think, I see them around then. So um, I think if we continue to have this 55, 58 degree weather, and the south side uh, and the sound starts warming up. I mean, just, just the other day, it was 38 degrees. I look, I would say any day now, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to start seeing the herring coming through. And speaking of kind of bait fish, we're talking about herring. How about squid, Bruno? Uh, so now that's great. So this this is going to be an interesting year because the last week of April and the first week of May, first two weeks of May, is when the squid start coming into the sound off of Hyannis. And it's a great fishery couple five five gallon buckets full of squid for uh some delicious calamari and also you know they make great bait right for fluke and sea bass in the spring so um that's that's usually the first couple weeks of may but this year is very different because we're, we're gonna have a full moon in the last week of april so and the reason the full moon is so important is squid love to bite on a full moon and um and that's when the tide's the strongest and that's that's when the bite is on and it lasts it's a short fishery it's going to last you two to three weeks because right behind it is is the uh the stripers and the bluefish that come in and that pretty much kills that party so this should be an interesting year and as the water warms up i think the squid fishery is going to start off early this year in uh april so let's get into your wheelhouse here, uh, cod and haddock. I know that you're an avid haddock fisherman. I know that that's a big springtime thing for you and your family. Let's get into talking about some springtime cod and haddock, the where, the when, the how. I know we're a little bit early, but I want to get folks excited for that fishery. Yeah, sure. I think, um, you know, haddock historically has been a great fishery on Stellwagen. For whatever reason, the last two years, it hasn't been that way. For, for the last two years, 
there was a good amount of haddock right in Cape Cod Bay off of, uh, kind of by you, off of Duxbury and, and Plymouth. Yep. And, uh, and right in 80 feet of water, that's, that's kind of where the haddock have been coming every year for the last two years. So it'll be interesting to see if they uh, stick around uh, Stellwagen or if they come all the way down Cape Cod Bay this year. And uh, that's, that's usually starting right around Easter. So, again, it's based on water temperature, but I would say in the next week or two, um, you know, the haddock are going to start coming around our way. And when will you splash your boat, Bruno, and start snooping around? So the Gaviota is splashing on uh, April 14th. Nice. And uh, that's when we're going to work the the cobwebs out of it. Um, I might possibly go east um, to do some bottom fishing. Uh, I got to check the regulations and make sure, but that's the idea to go east to Chatham for some bottom fishing and then get out there for that squid bite and then uh, and then do some hatting. And Bruno, I know in your family it's a it's a haddock affair, and I know I think it's your cousin that is starting to make some of his kind of homemade custom rigs for haddock available on his online shop. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so my cousin Eddie's starting a uh, an online uh, tackle company called Monomoy Tackle. It's going to be based out of Chatham. Um, he's not going to have a big store, so nice thing about that is he's offering you know personal hand-tied uh cod and haddock rigs that we've been using since back from my uncle's days back before we had great white sharks and seals on the cape yep. i mean this goes back and these rigs have always worked for us these are the rigs that we use when we go east to chatham or haddock fishing up in the wagon and uh he it's a limited supply because he ties them by hand but uh, as soon as that launches, I'm going to let all the members know where they can get them before he runs out. Absolutely. We'll have to get the, uh, the website and everything, you know, up on the, uh, the podcast so everybody can go take a peek at those. Bruno, until we get that hot kind of spring fishing bite, you know, the haddock bite, there's other things that you can do here to kind of satiate, you know, your fishing appetite around Cape Cod. I know one of the things you wanted to chat about today and touch on real quick was winter flounder as well? Yeah, you know, um, as you as you start getting into, you know, May, uh, the blackbacks winter flounder uh, have really bounced back in Cape Cod Bay from previous years, and that's a great fishery if you can get out into Cape Cod Bay and find yourself a, a mussel bed. Uh, mussel works great as bait for those, and uh, and you know, there's some spots out in Cape Cod Bay where you can find those uh, winter flounder up to 17 inches. So that's another great fishery that doesn't get talked as much about as haddock does, but it's a it's a great fishery. As a matter of fact, if you don't have a boat and you want to come down to Cape Cod, uh, you know, and, and I, I am saying this because I, I'm always pushing for tourism here on Cape Cod because I know it's such a big part of our local economy is uh, – there's a charter boat. It's actually a party boat that goes out of to Seward Harbor called the, um, help me out with this, Kevin. It's called the... Um, Is it the Albatross? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's a, that's a great family-owned business. Very good uh, 
place to go with your kids, and and uh, they they're relatively inexpensive. So you know, if you don't have a boat and you want to do some flounder fishing, that's your best bet on Cape Cod when you guys come down and stay here and check out our our beautiful uh, little island. And two other things, Bruno, that folks can do that I know you wanted to talk about until the saltwater game really heats up, and one being holdover stripers that folks can kind of look to target that are still around here if you dig deep enough in Cape Cod, and the other is the freshwater fishing we have on Cape Cod. Yeah, you know what? I was talking to my friends down at Riverview Bait Shop, Yamath, and uh, they were talking about how guys are getting a consistent striper up to 18 inches uh, upriver on the south side of the Cape. And uh, also, I got to tell you, it, you know, if 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 you want to look at freshwater, freshwater bite with the uh, trout right now, especially inside of, you know, some of these smaller kettle ponds from what the guys were saying down the Riverview is, is fantastic right now because uh, the smaller kettle ponds are warmer. So you're getting a nice trout bite, nice smallmouth bass bite, and then you got some decent brook trout right inside um, in the park over in Brewster at the uh, Nickerson Park. Well, those are certainly outstanding options, Bruno, to kind of whet the appetite for our upcoming saltwater fishing season. I want to thank you for kind of being back on board with us this year, doing the fishing reports, and I'm really excited for the summer to come, my man. Yeah, I can't wait. We'll see you guys out there. If you see me out there, everyone on the forums, I think, knows at this point um, what I look like and what the boat looks like. Feel free to give me a shout, and... Uh, We'll see you out there, tight line. Well, next up on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is Danny Jones from the Goose Hummock Shop down in Orleans. Danny, how are you this morning? Very good, thank you. How are you? Good. It's a little foggy up here in Plymouth where I am. Is it pretty foggy down Cape or is it clear down in Orleans? No, we got a little bit of fog over Town Cove here, but the wind is gusting pretty good here. We got 20 to 25 mile an hour winds, so typical spring day here on Cape Cod. So we're a little bit early in the season to talk about saltwater fishing. So one of the reasons we like to bring our friends from the Goose Hummock in is to talk about freshwater fishing and the opportunities that Cape Cod presents with not only its rivers, but all the kettle ponds. Have you got a chance to do some freshwater fishing this spring? I have. I've been out a few times over the weekends on my days off. Uh, The state of Massachusetts started their annual stocking program the first week of March. So the stocking program is pretty much in full swing. Um, I've been over to Cliff Pond, Little Cliff, inside Nickerson State Park. Um, the first stocking they did was around the brook trout, which were some nice brook trout they put in, up to two, three pounds. So I got into a few of those with some of the guys here from the shop, and now they stock some rainbow trout as well. So it, that's pretty much a full swing. Can you talk a little bit about what baits have been successful for you or what baits have been going pretty well in the shop so far this spring? Well, this year we're really we're really ramped up for the freshwater season. We brought in a lot of new lures, uh, some new spinners. I've got plenty of Thomas Boyant's, uh, Baker's lures, which were suspending lures that you just cast and retrieve, um, Colorado spoons, MEP spinners, um, Iron Candy, a new uh, shiny silver spoon that's been very effective. Um, I'll have those up in the store here by the end of the week. So we've got a, a wide variety of different spoons. And we have freshwater bait as well. You know, we have plenty of uh, trout worms, night crawlers, and shiners. Um, just a few weeks ago, I had an opportunity to be fishing one of the ponds, fishing fishing shiners, and I caught the biggest brown trout of my life, which was uh, nine pounds, two ounces. So it was a beautiful fish. 
So can you talk a little bit about the largemouth and smallmouth bass fishing as well? I know that we're, uh, you know, pre-spawn for largemouth and smallmouth, but maybe a little bit of intel or info on how to best target those fish this time of year or as we move into April? Yeah, with the largemouth bass, we should start seeing some uh, schooly herring starting to show up in some of the uh, ponds coming in from the ocean. So the largemouth bass are going to start moving into some of the shallow water, um, typically on the south side where the sun shines longer. I know Ian McPartland, one of my employees here, he got a large, like a five-pound largemouth down at Peter's Pond just a few days ago, actually on a baker's lure when he was casting for trout. Um, the smallmouth, I haven't heard too much. They're probably still in a little bit of deeper water, you know, 15 to 20 feet. But it, with each day with warmer water temperatures, the, both of those uh, fisheries are going to get better and better. Let's talk about shell fishing real quick, Danny. I know that's something that I really picked up during the quarantine during coronavirus last year. I went out and got my shell fishing license for the first time ever. I did a lot of digging for steamers. I did some cohogging. I collected mussels. Let's talk about the goose hummock and, and shell fishing. I know Phil, when he was on last October with me, he really wanted to talk a lot about all the different things that you guys offer your shell fishermen down on Cape Cod. Um, yes, we do carry the RA rib rakes, uh, which are made locally here in Harwich. Um, I've got at least 12 to 14 different styles. There's some uh, turtlebacks, baskets, some of your basic scratchers, um, some of your short handle hose, they call them, for soft shell clams. And we have baskets as well, your typical basket. Each town on Cape Cod here has different regulations where, as to where to go um, and what you can keep for the week. But we sell quite a bit of clamming equipment. You know, we have the cohog gauges you can attach right to your basket. The rakes range anywhere from $89 to $150. Um, we have both stainless steel and steel. We have just about everything you need to get you started for clamming. And with the whole COVID thing that's been going on this past season, we've sold an enormous amount of uh, clam baskets, clam rakes, and the gauges. So we have plenty of all that equipment for you to get into clamming. Yeah, and I, I would like to say here on the podcast as well, speaking from experience, you know, your shell fishing license or permit, depending on what town you live in, in the town of Plymouth where I am, it was only $10 last year. So it's a very affordable, cheap permit to buy. And I think maybe on some of the other towns on Cape Cod, it might range in the 20 to $25. I reside in the town of Brewster, and my uh, resident claiming license is $20 for the season which you can't beat that. No, exactly. Um, it's a great thing for me to do on a Sunday morning, you know, at low tide, to walk out, out into the bay with the sun coming up to get my basket of clams. It's just a absolutely majestical to be out there all alone, getting your clams and make some chowder or stuffies for the week. Yeah, so I would absolutely encourage folks to look into their specific town to see what a permit might cost. It's probably anywhere between 10 and 25 bucks, And then when you get your permit, Along with it will come a map of all the different areas that are open and closed to shell fishing for your specific town. So definitely want to encourage exactly. folks to look into that. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about in the springtime here is just what the Goose Hummock does in terms of marine service provider. I know that you guys are open. You're working on boats. You're getting boats, you know, close to being in the water. I know that the, the back area of the Goose down across the road there is where all that magic gets done. Not necessarily your area of expertise, but just wanted to give you a second to talk about how busy you guys are down there. Well, it's ramping up with each day with the warmer temperatures. We did have quite a few boats that were shrink-wrapped that were down storage that are now getting unwrapped and getting sea trialed and getting ready for the season. Um, we have a full-time mechanic down there, Nick. He's a great mechanic. 
um, like I said, we're ready to go. Feel free to call, make a, make a, an appointment if you want to get your boat in for commissioning to get it out onto the water for the season. Um, do it sooner than later because if it's anything last year where it's going to be crazy busy all, all over again. In downstairs in the outdoor center, we do offer a, a wide variety of different kayaks and paddle boards and uh, pedal-driven kayaks for sale as well to get you out on the water. And Danny, I just wanted to give you an opportunity real quick, too, to talk a little bit about yourself and what your fishing plans are for 2021. Once the saltwater season does kick off, what type of fishing are you looking forward to doing most? Is it kind of stripers and blues from the shore? Is it going offshore for tuna? What's your gig? Well, I do just about everything, to be honest with you. In the, be- in the beginning of the season, um, usually a, a good friend of mine, Captain Rich, will try to get a haddock trip in. We'll mm. get up on the bank, southeast corner of the bank, try to get some haddock. As the season progresses, the water warms. We'll start catching some schoolie stripers. We'll actually do a little winter flounder fishing in the Cape Cod Bay as well. Then as the season progresses, then we'll start uh, sea bass fishing outside of Bass River. And later in the season, then we'll really get into uh, tuna fishing. I like to do, I do a lot of fishing with Phil on his boat as well for a bluefin tuna and i understand did phil purchase a new contender this year i believe he did i believe he's got a 44 foot contender on the way here so that's going to be very exciting to uh, hopefully get out do a little canyon fishing as well in that big boat yeah i was going to say a boat of that size makes the canyons definitely accessible to team goose no doubt about that exactly well danny i really appreciate you taking the time to visit with us on this week's edition of the my fishing cape cod podcast it was a pleasure to meet you and hopefully we can get you on the show later in the year. Excellent. Sounds good. A pleasure talking to you, and you have a great day. Thanks to Danny Jones from the Goose Hummock Shop down in Orleans. It was a pleasure getting to meet Danny and welcome him into our little podcast family here at My Fishing Cape Cod. And that's going to put the wraps on this first edition for 2021 of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. want to give a quick thank you to all of our guests that joined us on today's program starting off with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. Then was Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. And last but not least, you just heard from first-time podcast guest Danny Jones down at the Goose Hummock in Orleans. So that's going to do it for this week's edition of the MFCC podcast. And like Ryan said off the top of the show, we hope to speak with you again in the near future in the next one to two weeks. So until then, this is your host Kevin Collins signing off tight lines and take care thanks for tuning in to the my fishing cape cod podcast for the latest local news information and fishing reports be sure to log on to myfishingcapecod.com from all of us at my fishing cape cod tight lines and take care